Welcome to the Nonprofit Newsfeed, nonprofitnewsfeed.com, bringing you the best news from the best sector, news from a nonprofit perspective and what matters. This show brought to you by Whole Whale, a B Corp digital agency. Thanks for joining us. This week on the Nonprofit Newsfeed, brought to you by Whole Whale, we're talking about some e commerce moves by Goodwill. Blackbaud had a rough day, some sham nonprofits being called out in the Twin Cities, and Elon doing Elon stuff. How's it going, Nick? It's going great, George. We got a good one for you today. We'll start off with our top story. This is that Goodwill has moved to an e-commerce platform with Goodwill Finds. So Goodwill is trying to grow its online sales in order to generate more revenue to fund its job training and employment assistance programs. The nonprofit is facing increased competition from for-profit resale sites like ThreadUp and Poshmark. And Goodwill recently launched Goodwill Finds, which is an e-commerce site where 14 Goodwill locations will sell donated items. But it has challenges competing with other sites as national e-commerce revenue increasingly dominates consumer sales in the United States. So successfully growing online sales is going to be crucial for Goodwill moving forward to continue its charitable mission of helping people by providing jobs for those in need. So for folks who don't know, Goodwill's model uh, as, as being a nonprofit is the stores, yes, sell <laughs> sell donated clothes for revenue. That revenue then gets reinvested into the workers that it trains, um, provides jobs for, and, and provides other kind of like career development um, and personal development opportunities. So George, we're seeing this a lot where physical nonprofits operating in physical goods um, are being forced to have a online presence to compete, to keep up. What does this mean for the sector as a whole? Yeah, I think one, Goodwill is made up of 154 independently run organizations. So it's like, yeah, Goodwill, but it is actually has a, a massive footprint. They previously had shopgoodwill.com and it's interesting seeing them sort of rebrand and update to the Goodwill finds. I think there's a lot of arbitrage going on when you're saying like, oh yeah, people donated here. And then it's, you know, captured and moved onto other platforms. So I like this idea of Goodwill trying to update and go upstream a little bit and trying to make sure that the fact that, you know, they're providing jobs, they're providing community resources, and they should be able to capture that with e-commerce in a, in a more robust way. So, you know, just, hey, go take a look at Goodwill Finds. <laughs> and it, it is trying to update and make it look more like those Poshmark or those other eBay adjacent sites that are letting you uh, find deals. So we're coming to shopping season, go check out Goodwill Finds. Absolutely. Uh, and donate. Donate throughout yeah. the year as well. Um, it's always a good time to donate. And by the way, if you're a shopper, it's always a good time to shop early at the week because the best finds will have been just donated over the weekend. You can take that one to the bank. All right, George, <laughs> I'm going to take us into our quick summaries. And this, uh, our first one, big news from the nonprofit world, Blackbaud pays over $49.5 million over the 2020 
data breach. So the software company BlackBot will pay that nearly $50 million to settle a data breach case brought by 49 states and where sensitive donor information was exposed in 2020. The breach contained health data, social security numbers, financial information from BlackBot's nonprofit university and hospital clients, and BlackBot previously settled separate charges with the SEC for misleading investors about that very breach. Uh, the large settlement demonstrates the serious legal risks nonprofits face regarding donor data security and notification procedures, particularly as it relates to this BlackBot case. Yeah, I'd say one of the things that is the takeaway among don't get hacked at that size is be honest, be upfront about it. There's actually a lot of laws around data privacy and disclosure that when you have a hack, there are a certain amount of time based on New York Shield and COPPA inside of California to make sure that you are stating what and how deep the risks, the data that was stolen uh, actually was. And so in this case, you know, this, this cost BlackBot 49 $50 million, but has taken some time to to be settled if you're talking about something that happened in 2020 and now only being um, resolved with regard to this fine in, in 2023. So a definite lesson for not just when you're choosing a provider, uh, but also when you're crafting your your policy or making a decision about, oh, we were hacked. What do we do next? It should be transparent disclosure of the size and scope of that hack. Be honest. Absolutely, George. Honesty and transparency are among nonprofits' most valuable aspects, um, assets rather, and communicating when something like this does happen to donors is really, really important for building long-term confidence, right? I think people can understand that stuff happens, right? And a nonprofit being forward about it is much better than concealing it. And then donors find out later on down the road. We have an article, George, on nonprofit transparency and accountability and conveying that to donors on our website at www.wholewhale.com, which you can check out to find out best practices for communicating and transparently increasing donor confidence. Yeah. I mean, frankly, $50 million may sound like a lot of money from BlackBot, but they do have a market cap of $3.6 billion. So. <laughs> They're doing all right. Uh, wow, Blackbod still still in the black even after that, even after that lawsuit. All right, George, I'll take us into our next one. And this story is Minnesota's top attorney dropped a bombshell this week, filing 23 lawsuits against fraudulent nonprofits accused of stealing from a program meant to feed needy children during the pandemic. So this explosive investigation found these shady groups falsely claimed to open locations serving meals. In reality, they had zero legitimate nonprofit activities. The attorney general seeking to permanently dissolve the fake nonprofits in the wake of jaw-dropping 250 million child nutrition fraud scandal involving a different Minnesota charity last year. This stunning development proves oversight of nonprofit pandemic aid remains critical to protect taxpayers and vulnerable youth. Yeah, I mean, bravo to Keith Ellison, and he's quoted in here as saying, nonprofits are supposed to benefit the public, not defraud it. 
And most nonprofits work hard to do good work to help the people of Minnesota, but not these sham organizations. I'm seeking to permanently shut these sham nonprofits so that they can't be revived to defraud the public again. And I think it's interesting to hear the sort of the nature of their names. So here's some of the names, actually. The Academy for Youth Excellence, Advanced Youth Athletic Development, African Chamber of Commerce Education, Bet on Better Future, Community Enhanced Services, Hope Academy for Youth and Women Empowerment, Optimum Community Services, Serving Younger Generation. That doesn't even work, but there are very, like, Truthy sounding nonprofit names. I think Keith Allison is doing an awesome job bringing this to light, naming these organizations and getting rid of them. Just showing how hard it is, frankly, when you've got government programs trying to find the last mile to help and support local communities. It is frustrating to see this. It is good to see it being resolved. George, I think that that's a great point. And I also think that if you're a nonprofit and you know of illegitimate entities, uh, purporting to be you um, via some kind of fraudulent scheme, whether it's to cipher off donors or support or impersonate your nonprofit. Um, I think it's both too important, yes, to, to let the, the relevant authorities uh, be aware of that, but also communicate to your audience. Um, I think that naming the issue can be important, right? Um, we've seen big ones like uh, even the American Heart Association, right? The the nonprofit fraudsters will tweak the name of seemingly well-known, yeah. well-founded organizations um, to deceive donors. Um, so being vigilant, especially going into end-of-year fundraising, um, will be extremely important. Yeah, I mean, check out your state's attorney general's office uh, for those types of uh, submission guidelines. Absolutely. Stay safe out there. All right, George, it's come. <laughs> Elon Musk is being a child. Here's what happened. Billionaire Elon Musk offered Wikipedia $1 billion to change its name to Dickopedia for one year minimum, posting the proposal after criticizing the free online encyclopedia's fundraising appeals. So Musk's offer came with the condition that Wikipedia cannot change the name back for at least a year, adding he is, quote, not a fool. Some beg to differ, claiming the site does nothing. Wikipedia responded by saying it handles over 25 billion page views per month and over 44 million page edits a month, requiring substantial operating costs. Oh, boy. George, where do we begin? Well, on one level, I think it is a good opportunity for Wikipedia as we move into giving season to reiterate how big they are, actually, how important their work is. And roughly, we were we were looking at the numbers, right, and comparing them. And out of curiosity, I was wondering, how much does it cost to operate and run Twitter? And when we compared the operating expense difference, it's about 39x difference. Uh, and surprise, Twitter is far more expensive. And when you look at the actual number of uh, page views, according to third-party stats, they're roughly around what we found, you know, $6 billion-ish per month each, give or take. Is that about where we netted out? That's about it, George. It looks like they got similar amount of traffic. So I but think they're 39x Elon... more efficient in delivering information, supporting a community of people that contribute to that deal with certainly high levels of hackers and attempts of misinformation. Uh, and they do it far more efficiently as a nonprofit. 
uh, I don't know if I were if I were you. I I think there's a, a different Dickopedia in the room here. I would happen to agree with you, George. I also wanted you have to say Dickopedia on the podcast. We had a conversation before. Am I allowed to say this? I'm like, it's our podcast. So yes, yes, you oh are. Oh boy, you're not allowed to fire me. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Anyway, uh, we do have a feel good. Uh, we do have a feel good story from the sector, actually from one of our awesome clients. Maybe you can bring us into that. Yeah, George, absolutely. Super excited to share that whole whale client. Um, and we are longtime fans of this organization. Foster Love with uh, provides help to kids in foster care has launched Socktober. Socktober is a month dedicated to helping kids in foster care uh, with a basic necessity, socks. Um, and thanks to Foster Love's partner, Bombas, um, they have 85,000 pairs of socks to donate. Um, but here's where you come in. They need help shipping them to children across the U.S. where $3 equals shipping for two pairs of socks. Um, so for every $3 you donate, um, a foster child in need will get two pairs of socks. This is a big fundraiser for Foster Love, a phenomenal organization, an excellent partner, um, and definitely worth checking out. Yeah, those are nice socks too. So I feel like that's well worth the uh, well worth the gift. <laughs> this this message brought Absolutely. to you by Bombas. <laughs> the socks that I wish I could afford more of. Alrighty. Uh, and now I have a question for you. Why couldn't the Food Bank of South Jersey serve a scarecrow? I don't know, George. Why? It was already stuffed. Ah, <laughs> that's one of your best. <laughs> well, also one of the best, the Food Bank of South Jersey. They were actually founded in 1985 by 13 folks who believe that no one should go hungry. Uh, their grassroots vision from one South Jersey city stood the test of time, allowing them to have fed millions of food insecure neighbors and uh, renewing the faith in kindness and humanity there. The innovation and hunger relief programming there, the Food Bank has uh, technically distribute, I believe, more than 150 million pounds of food, serve more than 1 million fresh, nutritious meals to vulnerable children. Pretty incredible. They also have a gala coming up, so I recommend you check out Food Bank of South Jersey. All right. That's what I got for you, Nick. Awesome. Thanks, George. This has been the Nonprofit News Feed Summary of the Week. Thanks for joining us. As always, you can find resources at nonprofitnewsfeed.com. And don't forget to sign up for our weekly email summaries of the best news from the best sector. <laughs>